Here's Middleton. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh! Run. Two on one. Green the finish. Wow, the alley Turned the corner. Inside! He made Yusuf Nurkic a screensaver. Here comes Murray. Alley up to Gordon. Oh, what a play! Joining me now, Brad Rowland of Locked On Hawks. Really appreciate you stopping by, covering the Atlanta Hawks for the alley-oop here. Uh, 18 and 24 record for the Hawks as we do our second check-in. Uh, not really much has changed, I'd say, since since the last time we talked, except the, the trade rumors have just been picking up faster and faster and faster. Uh, but DeJounte Murray, on top of being in the center of trade rumors, is also just hitting game winners like like they're the daily regimen now. It's, uh, what, was your, what was your favorite game winner from DeJounte Murray? Yeah, I mean they happen, you know, two days apart basically. I think the the one that was the actual buzzer beater was probably my favorite one. The first one, uh, the second one was like right before the buzzer. But yeah, I mean it's kind of funny. Uh, that's the word I keep using. I'm not sure if it actually is funny, but I think it is kind of funny to me that he's in all these rumors and had those back to back game winners. And the Hawks have not been playing particularly well, but they won those two games. And uh, it's been uh, it's been a lot of intrigue around this team. I'm not sure if it's positive or negative intrigue, but it's certainly intrigue. Certainly polarizing. Certainly, like I, I know you could you could just taste the rumors coming off of that Miami game winner of like trade me to Miami. Like that, that's uh, that's probably <laughs> something that I'm sure a lot of people had go through their heads at that point. But uh, no, look, I mean it's 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 something that everybody's got to deal with in this business. And unfortunately, Atlanta just seems like is in that that particular place right now where you're you're just under 500. A little bit of a disappointing season, to be clear. 11th best offensive rating, but 26th in defense and just hasn't really been able to develop much of a rhythm beyond, hey, a couple couple game winners here or there. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of comes with territory when you are where the Hawks are. And I'll do the short version. But if you're a team that has kind of they're not like way over the tax or anything, but they've, they've kind of invested a lot of money in this team and to not have the results for the third straight season to still be sub 500 and kind of battling for the play in um, it might it, I think it's just kind of time to make some bigger changes. They kind of chose to go status quo after last year and it's not worked necessarily. So uh, yeah. I think of course, Murray's the biggest name arguably that's available in the whole league right now, certainly on the top two or three at the very least. And then you got the guys below that your click Capellas, Deandre hunters, et cetera. So uh, I think they're going to do something. Um, but it's it's hard because I mean I, I know you know this trades are not easy to make. I mean, it's not just the trade machine. Like I can find some deals that make sense to me, but there are all kinds of factors in play from team stuff to owners to agents and players and um deals are not always easy. So like I never want to be like they're definitely gonna make a move, but it feels like they're gonna do something. You know what I mean? It's it's at, it's that yeah. point of the year where I'll be more surprised if they don't do anything. And I think Murray's right at the top of the list there. Yeah, it's unfortunate because like this is this was one of the teams that I thought was going to step forward. And I think that a lot of people are there. There are at least a certain number of people that thought that this team would step forward and be better just in the version that they were. I think there was a lot of theory, like a lot of practice behind that theory where you, you remove John Collins from the equation. Yes, he was soaking up some good production and, and doing some good things. But there was a belief that the fit was just better with with some of the roster pieces, with a guy like Sadiq Bay, with a guy like Jalen Johnson. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, although he's he's been injured for a little bit here. Now, Trey Young's in concussion protocols we were just talking about. And it's going to be pretty difficult for this team to continue to win games without Trey Young, their best player. So I, I just think it's going that direction, unfortunately. Uh, be, beyond the just the trade stuff, 
Is there anything interesting going on in Atlanta that national folks have yet to pick up on or it's just not talked about enough? Because uh, we'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk trades, obviously. Yeah, I think that, you know, if I'll, I guess I'll choose to be optimistic in the first answer here that I give you. And I still think that people have not quite caught on to Jalen Johnson yet. Um, that yeah. He's kind of the the one, honestly, he might be the only one, but certainly the number one on the list of positive stories coming out of Atlanta this year is that he has been clearly a top three guy for them this year. Um, he was banged up for a while in the middle of the season, missed, missed a few weeks, but once he came back, um, the team's been a little bit better. Um, and also, he's been really dynamic. He's such a young guy. I mean, he's... He was a one and done player, and it's year three, but it feels like he's even younger than that. Like he he basically didn't play at all as a rookie, and then as as a second year guy, he was like the tenth man, ninth tenth man last year, and this year right. he really might be their third best player. So, um, him taking a step forward is huge for the future. I mean, I'm sure you've read and folks have probably seen the Hawks have basically made two guys untouchable. It's Trey Young, who you would expect, and then there's Jalen Johnson, who people like. I like people probably like, wait, Jalen Johnson's untouchable, and if you watch <laughs> the Hawks, he actually it actually makes sense. He, he looks great. Um, he's a he's he's the kind of player that every team's looking for. That six nine, dynamic, athletic forward that can play defense. He can pass. He can drive. He's a great guy. Transition like um, he kind of checks a ton of boxes for them. And I, I kind of wish the Hawks were better this year to have him get more attention than he would have gotten if the Hawks were playing better basketball. But the sickos, and I say that lovingly, people like me and you uh, have noticed, I'm sure. But like I think that he is clearly the uh, the number one by a lot. Uh, in terms of positive storyline. So I always want to say that out loud. He's the guy. I, I think he'll still get more, more and more attention. And honestly, even the highlight plays he makes, like that isn't all, that, that's not everything, but it does help when your breakout guy can do things that get you on the top 10 list. You know what I mean? It's like sure. Joe Johnson oh, yeah. anni- annihilates so-and-so. It's like that, that happens every, <laughs> every, every few days. You see Joe Johnson do something crazy. And uh, those are kind of the interspersed. I mean, not to speak for the fans, but I think Hawks fans are like holding on for dear life to Joe Johnson right now as like their beacon of hope for the future. And, and I get why. He looks great. Flashbulb plays. You get the dunks. You get the passing. You get the creation off the dribble a little bit with it. And you get the defense like that. That's all going to show up in in some of those highlight plays. And it's it's stuff that everybody was really excited about him coming out of the draft. And he, he fell a little bit. And I think Atlanta was wise to sort of take a chance on him. But uh, that chance has clearly paid off. He, he clearly had the talent before. And now it's clearly showing through. Uh, it won three in a row before the Cleveland loss. And the Cleveland loss, loss was kind of bad. Like, he, I know it was on the second night of a back-to-back. But like Cleveland's yeah. just like they are they are so bereft of like stars right now. And it was just Donovan Mitchell and Jared Allen, I think. And that's just that's one that if Atlanta was serious, if they were going to make a run, then that's just one you got to get. Like even if it is on the second night of a back to back and like it just feels like they're they're heading towards that self-destruction point. Uh, any any thoughts from that game that really stand out as to sort of why this is where they are? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. I do think that that was kind of a schedule loss. Like, it was a really, really bad spot for them. Not only a back-to-back, but Cleveland was well-rested. The Hawks had this marathon game that was actually kind of an emotional, great win for them on Friday night against Miami. But that was the Udonis Haslam retirement game. And it was an 8 o'clock start, like, with, like, a 40-minute halftime. And it was, you know, all that stuff. I'll do the – that's the short version. But it was kind of a schedule loss. But to your point, they could have been more competitive. They were down 10 immediately and never made a run basically the entire game and that's that's the, that's the more concerning thing is that there was not a whole lot of like even threat to close the gap in that game and you know the Hawks have been really kind of weirdly bad at home this year and I think if you only saw their road record 
I think they're like 10 and 12 on the road. Like that's pretty solid for that's a fine. non-elite team. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's kind of all you need to do. But when you when you're worse than that at home, it becomes like, okay, what's going on here? And um, I don't think it's because they're not just playing well at home in a vacuum. It's just like you got to take care take care of business there. They've they've been so bad. And I guess this is a good reminder of that. They've been so um, sort of unable to get some of these. That game wasn't necessarily close, but they've been really bad in close games. They've beaten the terrible teams. I will say they only have one really bad loss all year, and it was this like horrible Washington loss over the weekend last weekend where they just totally no show. That was an awful performance. But other than that, like they've beaten the really bad teams. They just they these games where they play against the the middle teams. Like Cleveland's a, kind of a middle team right now with with where they are. They sure. keep losing those, and those are the ones you just can't afford to lose. Four out of every five of those games. Like if you're a serious team, you got to beat some of those teams that are in your range, and they've been really bad at doing that. So beyond the scheduled loss stuff, like it would have been nice to just like you know have a team at home that you are comparable to, or at least somewhat comparable to, and to win that game. And they were they were never in it. It really does differentiate the middle class. Where if you are a team that's in the middle that beats the other teams in the middle, then you're going to rise to the top of that section, and that then vice versa has obviously been true with Atlanta. And that's a that's a tough place to be, especially for a group that has had Trey Young for a while now that did trade for DeJounte Murray that kept everybody around. And we've already gone through that song and dance, but yeah, it just feels like something's got to change. And I, uh, we've, we've talked about the, the DeJounte rumors. I, I got to imagine that's where everybody will start. Uh, how many trades do you think that Atlanta can realistically handle before <laughs> things get a little bit, get a little bit weird? Yeah, it's a good question. I think honestly, like my number one big picture thing is not necessarily even about Murray or like individual. It's like, what do the Hawks want to do right now? Right. Like, what is the organizational tact? And I've been trying to find out, and they're kind of close to the best in this one. And I think one of the, I guess it's a good thing if you want to spin it that way that they could go different ways here. Um, they probably won't buy at this point. I would say. Um, I thought. I thought a couple weeks ago they might still buy. I'm hoping they don't do that. I would not advise buying if I was the Hawks right now. But they could go with like a more like on the fly kind of retooling versus like a more deeper, not necessarily rebuild because they already they do have Trey Young and they don't have their picks. That's important too. They don't have their future picks, so you can't just like tear it all down. But you know, trading Murray would be a big move. And I mean, if they if they do that, that's one major thing. Um, and then you have these other guys like Murray. They if, look if they want to trade Jonte Murray, they will do it. They they're they're going to have offers for him. They may not be the offers they want, but right. he's a guy in demand. Uh, he's a he's a good player on a good contract, but it's it's the next step down. It's like they have these guys who are not awful contracts, but they're not really exciting good contracts. Like your Clint Capellas, DeAndre Hunters in particular, those two guys, they'd like to move them for some flexibility purposes, both like on court and cap wise. But those guys are not like going to be in high demand right now. Capella would help a lot of teams, but he's making starter money, and most of the good teams. I know you know this, but most of the good teams don't need centers on Jan- you know on late January early February like unless somebody goes down with an injury all the contending teams already have centers and they're not going to trade for Capella to be a backup center probably so there's yeah. that DeAndre Hunter's been out for a month basically at this point with knee issues then he's had knee issues a lot it's hard to trade for a guy with 4 years on his contract when he's got a knee issue and like they're in this holding pattern because I think Hawks fans will laugh at this but they also have these this long-term salary thing where this is three years in a row. They've basically sold a piece for nothing in the offseason to get under the tax. It's pretty expressly yeah. under the tax. And it's like you yeah. can't keep doing that every year because you're just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. And uh, that's kind of why they kind of need to clean it up now. You know, Murray, a Murray deal might save them money. 
that that should not be the focus of a Murray deal. You should be trying to get the best package for him, not worried about the money. But even then, we, we already got a report, I think it was from Mike Scotto, that was like, the Hawks would like to take uh, no long-term money back for, DeAndre, for DeJounte Murray. And I'm like... Rolling my eyes because, like, you know, what's what's the what is the point of that? You have you have to take the best offer. So um, that's a long answer to your question, but I think that they can make multiple deals. But again, like, there's this notion from Hawks fans even that they could just like overhaul half their roster at the deadline, and that's that's not usually what happens. Usually, you might be able to make one or two deals in a short period of time, but not more than that. And I think that it's not going to be like the easiest overhaul to do in season. Yeah, between now and in the summer. I do think that they are a candidate to do that. I'm, I wouldn't say yeah. that it's likely, but there's there, there's generally one team every year that's like, okay, this is the time where we have to reshuffle just about everything. I think that, okay, so you have Trey Young at point guard. You have Jalen Johnson at power forward. I don't know what the ideal two, three, and five are for those guys. I think, like you said, there's a lot of different ways that they can go. But the fact that the organization is kind of spinning it as, we don't really know slash we could go a bunch of different ways. That's scary to me. That's not a yeah. good sign to me because then it leaves you open to a saying, okay, we could continue spinning these wheels and continue trying to figure out what's what we have here. And my inclination is that it's not good. Or you then move on to a, a different set of guys in a different circumstance, or you sign somebody in free agency and you spin it as this big win when it may not be the right fit either. So I'm a little bit worried, man. Like that's, this yeah, is a no, very, it's, ten, it's a tenuous part of this process that they have to get right. I, I agree. And I think that they're in this spot where since 21, when they made the conference finals run, they've kind of been pushing chips in. Now, I just mentioned that they've also kind of been hedging with the money stuff to make it harder on themselves. It's really hard to be buying and trying to win now while also trying to sell for money reasons. That's a tough balance, and they've not done well with that. But moving into the future, um, not to restate it too much, but they they have these these picks that they owe to San Antonio that are their own picks that are unprotected. So, like, the option to kind of just, like, some people have been calling for the Hawks to, like, just do a full-on rebuild. Trade Trey Young, start over again. Even if you thought that was a good idea, which I don't necessarily, you can't really do that when you owe your own picks. Like, like I guess you can, but it's so much hard, so much harder to do that. So yeah. I think one of one of the options that I personally like a lot that the Hawks have shown so far, as we're talking right now, no inclination to actually do, would be kind of a soft, not not necessarily a tank this year, but like they shouldn't worry about this year at all at this point, in my opinion. Now you, you got to make sure Trey Young's on board. I'm not saying you don't want to win games. Like you're still going to, play, he's still going to play. Trey hates to sit. They're not going to try to not win games. But I would be pushing the young guys. I would be trying to, you know, basically I'd be resting all your veterans on back to backs. That that kind of stuff where yeah. you don't necessarily like look because look they're halfway through the season and they're maybe on the fringe of the play in. No one should want to be the nine or ten seed in the Eastern Conference on an annual basis, and that's where the Hawks have now been for three straight years. No one wants to be there. So if you kind of pivot to like playing your young guys, Kobe Bufkin, who they drafted this year, has basically played none at all in Atlanta. AJ Griffin has been totally gone this year yeah. for the Hawks, which is, there's personal reasons there off the floor, like he was gone for a while for personal reasons, and that's that's part of the equation, but long story short, he's not played at all. And like, it just looks very odd 
It for a weird. team that is where they are to have back-to-back first-round picks just not playing. And they're healthy right now. They're both around the team playing and healthy not playing when you're playing guys like Garrison Matthews and Patty Mills and Trent Forrest and guys who are like, they're not they're not terrible players, but like, why are you not playing your own guys? So it's really, not to go back to this again, but it's more of an organizational choice of like, what do you want to be? And also, how do you want to get there? Because you have this big-ticket coach who you just paid for, Quinn Snyder, I like, he does not have a reputation for being like a super development guy. He he likes his veterans. Even dating back to Utah, he didn't play a lot of young guys. Um, but it's it's like on the same. They have, there's a lot of voices in the room. I'm saying a lot of words, but I do understand. <laughs> it's 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 this weird situation where nothing is easy about this. I think that they're taking the right tact to basically leak out that everyone's available other than Trey and Jalen. I agree with that approach, but you need to have an internal idea of what you want to do. And uh, if they do, they're not they're not sharing it at this point because it, it does kind of seem like, hey, we're kind of open to anything, buying, selling, standing pat, and like that's not really a I, again. You would you would hope that behind the scenes they they have a better idea than what they're actually putting out there. My recommendation, sitting from my office here in Denver, Colorado, <laughs> is like so. I, I have no idea what what the internal scope looks like, and I, I think that there's there's clearly some underlying things that obviously that Atlanta has to work through. My recommendation would be to trade DeJounte Murray, be to trade Bogdan Bogdanovich, and trade Clint Capella. Like, I would trade all three of those guys. I would not just get back all young pieces and all picks and things like that. I would still try to get a veteran or two back, somebody that might be recentered around a Trey Young or Jalen Johnson, and maybe Onyeka Kongwu finally assumes that starting center role. And then you play Kobe Bufkin and AJ Griffin and guys like that, and you find ways to maneuver into that place where okay now you can start to see what the the next year vision looks like for the team but like you said I I think this year's done I think this year should be done and the goal for this team should be how do we maximize what next year is going to look like because we've seen teams do that well where a team like Orlando last year turned their season around within like the year and then is now like in a better place as an organization because of that so I think yep. that Atlanta can absolutely do that. My last my last question here. If there was one player or idea of a player around the league that you would want to put in between or next to Trey Young and Jalen Johnson, who would it be? Like like what is the vision then? Yeah, it's it's kind of tough because they they do fit together very well, Trey and Jalen. I think that the general idea, and the Hawks did try to do this unsuccessfully of putting a bunch of um, defensively capable wings on the floor around Trey Young is a good idea in practice. They sure. just drafted them poorly. You know, DeAndre Hunter's been okay, but not spec, not special. Cam Reddish, you know, flamed out in Atlanta, and yeah. it was not a coincidence. Those guys, those guys were first, were back to back lottery picks after Trey Young. They, they they tried to do that. Those were six eight two way forwards. I think what you would want is. Another one of those guys. Like I, I think that eventually you're you're gonna need a, one more ball handler too. Jalen can do a little bit of that. The idea of Dejounte in that role made sense. It hasn't worked, but they they they've always, they're always looking for a second ball handler next to Trey. But I think in general, this team's number one issue for the last three years and even for this year has been that they've been so porous on the perimeter defensively, and it's not it's not because of Trey. Trey's part of the problem, but they, they've just. All their other, I mean, you mentioned Bogdan, who I like a lot. At this point, a very poor defender. Sadiq yeah. Bey, poor defender. DeJounte, yeah. very overrated defender, just to be kind. So, like, 
They need someone on the perimeter, and Jalen's a pretty good defender already as a young guy, but they need more, more than one, but they really need their their second, third best players on the perimeter to be guys who are preferably bigger. Like, not, DeJounte's just, he's a point guard at the, at the end of the day. I'll, 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 sure. I'll save my spiel on that, but like an actual <laughs> big, wing size he's, guy. He's big for good. a point guard, but small for a wing. Like, if that's, that's yes. sort of, he's, the, he's the just not a wing. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it is what it is, and I get, I get why they did it, and I won't do the whole thing now, but. In the next iteration, putting a guy between Jalen and and Trey, I think you would want a, a wing size guy who can defend and, ho- and 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 shoot. And obviously, every team's looking for that. So I'm not like it's that's not some revelation for me. Like, hey, OG Anunoby would be great. You know what I mean? Everybody everybody yeah. wants that guy. But <laughs> the Hawks just need some defensive talent on the perimeter. And then also, I think you would prefer a center that's not a click appella type, like not a just a pure. Uh, rim runner with like no ball skills. You know what I mean? And I, I, I'm actually a big advocate of Clint. I think Clint is still not uh, the, the, the downfall of Capella has been a little bit overstated, I think, especially locally. But I think it, ideally you would want a center with more malleability. And maybe, maybe, maybe that's a combo. There's still a chance of that happening. But, um, you know, those two things for me. But defense, defense, defense. I mean, as much as Trey's improved defensively and he actually has, you still have to surround him with an infrastructure that makes sense. And I think that's the number one thing beyond this is like, in, and honestly, Kobe Bufkin's a good example. Like, that's a guy who is more of a combo guard, probably hopefully like your third guard moving forward, but a guy who has good size, good defender. They're going to hopefully try to do that more often moving forward. Well, we will see if they can. We'll we'll see. Yeah. This is going to be probably the most see. interesting team for the trade deadline, the interesting team. Just try to let's see what they have. Let's see what happens. Let's see how they do it. Let's see how they approach it. He is Brad Rowland of Locked On Hawks. Really appreciate you stopping by, Brad. Let's chat again in about six weeks, hopefully with a, a new, fun, interesting direction for this Atlanta team. We will know a lot more about the Hawks in six weeks, so I look forward to it.